0: Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Well, uh, this morning we're still carrying on, I Dare You, uh, Siris. We're um, uh, finishing next week. Um, the uh, I Dare You series, and then we're going to go on to some other um, yet to be decided series, <laughs> because we're full of forward planning, and uh, and seeking the face of God, and uh, and listening carefully to what He's saying, and not doing anything till we actually heard. <laughs> so we haven't heard, and uh, no, so we we're, we're just working on a few themes and uh, just seeing what. God opens up for us for September knowing that it's going to be a great um, month and it's going to be a g- brand new season for the life of this church. Amen. And uh, But this morning's I dare you uh, is I dare you to trust. And uh, I believe that trust is one of the, the great um, challenges uh, of our life um, because it's often based around the fact of the person who should be... Um, deserve to be trusted, but, but I want to challenge you this morning that, that trust is something that you bring, it's a gift that you bring. You know, um, I've often shared while I was, um, uh, when, when Pastor Andrew was here, we used to go climbing together, and I've often shared, you know the stories, how um, I dealt with my fear of heights by learning to climb, um, it never stopped my fear of heights, but I felt like I was overcoming something. And, um, you know, sometimes you just got to do it and do it scared. Yeah. And uh, so I, I learned to climb. Um, I'm not a particularly good climber um, and I'm certainly not a good climber anymore. Uh, I, haven't, I injured my shoulders and I wasn't able to, uh, you need a lot of shoulder strength and finger strength and I wasn't able to maintain that level of performance. But during those days that um, we used to go climbing with Pastor Andrew and myself, um, I started the climbing thing with Andrew. Andrew was always up for any number of physical challenges. It involved a physical sport that he hadn't done. He wanted to do it. And climbing was one of those that he hadn't done. Uh, But I, I sort of went and got myself a harness and some boots and stuff and And said to him, do you want to go climbing? So we started off going down to the beach and before they had the climbing walls down there, they used to have a, there's a free climbing wall in the, I don't know if it's still there, but it's in the leisure centre. Down at the beach, and it, it didn't have ropes or anything, and you had to sort of climb up, and and um, you easily fall off. But you fall off onto mats, and and uh, and so we we learned to climb. And then Andrew, being Andrew, so much more competitive, able, skilled, brilliant than I am, uh, just took it to a whole nother level. And before I know where he is, he's bought ropes, he's got carabiners, he's got he's got everything, and he's going off, and he's got climbing mates. Not me, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's now climbing uh, the the uh, cliffs down at Torrey, Uh and uh, he's climbing all of these these cliffs down there. That um, that is a whole nother. I mean, it's one thing being scared going up a climbing wall, but. Climbing a cliff is something completely different. You feel like the fall is going to hurt a lot more, Um, and there's a jagged rock beneath, and not uh, you know. I mean, I'm sure if you're falling 10, 15, 20 meters, it hurts the same. I don't think it matters what you fall on. And uh, so, um, so we were actually, we we, Andrew said to me, he said, "Do you you want to go down to the cliffs? Well, well, we'll do some climbing. I found some good." routes that we can climb and what that meant was it was good for him <laughs> which is entirely different for good for me and uh, but Andrew set the standard and I just meekly followed along and uh, so he would go and he, we found these routes and and uh, the first off the first thing he did is he found these sort of the, these routes to climb he says to get down there he says oh well we could climb down which is different there's a sort of a or we can just abseil down now I'd never abseiled so one thing, climbing is one thing, and and I'd done lead climbing, uh, which is climbing up, fixing in your fixing in your ropes, um, putting putting your connections in, and then climbing up. But I hadn't abseiled. Now abseiling is technically a lot easier, but psychologically it's wrong. Yeah. It's, it, because you've got to just walk backwards off a cliff. It's like it's two hundred feet, and you just walk off, <laughs> and and all you've got is a rope and. And it doesn't feel right. And, and not only does it not feel like, Andrew's saying to me, who, who's never upset before, he's saying, oh, we'll just fix these, we'll get three points of connection, and I'm just looking at these rocks, and he's got these little hooks, and he just, you know, yeah, that should be all right. <laughs> well, I hope it is. <laughs> and uh, so there's three points of safety, but nevertheless... Um, you know, each one, in case one fails, you've got three. And each one should be able to take your weight. But some of them looked like they couldn't. And uh, so there we are, sort of abseiling. So we're abseil- we abseil down. And I actually discovered that abseiling is, is, is the best fun in the world. It's, it's actually a lot more fun than uh, climbing because it, it involves no skill. Gravity does it for you. <laughs> And all you have to do is determine the speed at which you want gravity to fill your life with excitement. And, <laughs> and you, um, so we, I discovered this, abseiling was all fun. So we just abseil down and then we'll climb back up again. And, but here's the thing I had to trust Andrew for that to work. He needed a climbing buddy, he couldn't climb without a buddy. And so he needed someone who could trust him to, to actually make that happen. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 14, 1 Samuel 14 and verse 6, it says, Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armour, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer said to him, do, do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. If they say thus to us, we will wait until we come to you. Then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say thus, come up to us, then we will go up for the Lord has delivered them into our hand. And this will be a sign for us, now we have to understand at this point in time, Saul was at the point of the collapse of his leadership. He was still to remain king for some period, but he was at the point of defeat and collapse in himself. He had um, he he had acted in pride and rebellion according to the prophet Samuel, uh, and was at this point sitting under a tree. Spouting various curses and proudful comments due to his own incapacity to lead correctly, right. and so here he is under three. But Jonathan is utterly innocent and just, full of life and faith. And Jonathan is a real heart man, like David. He, de- he doesn't, but he doesn't have the leadership. But he has the he has the faith and the fervency and the and the real desire to do great things for God. And so here he is, here's Jonathan, and he's with his armor bearer, and he says to the armor bearer, hey, God can save us by many or by few. That's a great, that's probably one of the most defining faith statements you can base your life on. God can save. By much or by little, he can save. His understanding is just having the faith. We, We don't need to know what's going on around us, we need to know that God is with us. And so Jonathan has the faith, but he needs his armor bearer to go with him. His armor bearer is the man that makes it happen. Because his armor bearer trusted Jonathan. And his trust in Jonathan was based on Jonathan's declaration of his heart. And he says to him, He says this statement, do all that is in your heart, go then, here I am with you. Now, Jonathan's armor bearer could have gone, you know what, I'm not sure that's a smart thing to do just now. And if that had happened, it would have been one of those non-events that never got recorded. We've got to bear in mind that we read all the pages of the Bible, but how many non-events didn't get recorded that could have been I reckon there would have been thousands, perhaps tens of thousands over the thousands of years that the Bible is recorded over where men could have responded by faith, but somebody went, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> and it never got recorded. How many times in life do situations pass by where we go, mm, I don't know. And it passes by. It becomes a non-event. It, just, it was a day that came and went. An opportunity arose. And we didn't take it. And so we moved on. Yes. And so this could have been one of those events. But for Jonathan's armor. Jonathan is in the bar. He's the one saying this is what we need to do. But the armor bearer is the one who says. What do you do all that's in your heart. I'm with you. Yeah. It wasn't the armor bearer's faith. It was Jonathan's faith. It was the armor bearer's trust. Yeah. You see. Faith without trust doesn't produce anything because it doesn't create an action. If you have faith, but you don't have those who trust you with you, then you can't do anything. You see, Cheryl and I came and we we planted this church out of the faith that was in our heart, but it was the trust of those who came around us and said, What is in your heart? I trust you. But here's the thing about the trust. We hadn't earned the trust for anyone because how do you earn that kind of trust? And here's the thing with trust. We are always declaring what other people should do to kind of somehow meet the standard by which trust can be meted out. But there's no measurement for which trust can be earned. How do you define who a man is, who can be, well, and he's got to be honest and integrity. And, well, sure, those, those are the givens, right? But then what about the fact that the man is human and has human, you know, we're all human, right? Yeah. And humanity means that we will also, even in our faithfulness, even in our desire to do great things, we will also let each other down. Yeah. So what about trust? If if we let each other down, then we we ruin the standard by which trust operates. You see, if if trust only operates, if someone is is trustworthy, then there can be no trust and trust will never happen. Because we're always going to be failing at some point. So trust has to happen outside of the boundaries of the measurement of human excellence. It has to happen around the framework of a person's faith. Are you a a man and woman of faith? If so, then someone can trust you. Are you a trusting person? Are you prepared to trust those who have faith? Because without your trust, nothing can happen. See, we learn to trust people according to certain measures. In our work environment, we trust people according to their professionalism. We trust them according to their skill and knowledge. We might not trust them according to their relationship advice or their advice on financial management. We might not trust them on those things because that's not their skill set. We might not trust them on their political viewpoints or their their made up belief system on religion we wouldn 't trust that, but we trust their ability to do the work that they 've been doing because there's a there 's a point of trust we, we can see that other people we trust according to their gifting and, the, and their music ability Yet Cheryl um, leads the overseas to worship team and and uh, has done for all the years we've been in ministry here and and There is a huge amount of trust because the musicians, we trust them according to their ability and their gifting. We trust them. And so that trust is, is given out because trust creates something. But the kingdom of God is built on a greater natural trust. The world operates on natural trust. I trust because I see that this is what you can do. Therefore, I trust you. But the kingdom, of God operate, the kingdom of God operates on a different kind of trust, and it's the trust of faithfulness. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says this, Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Now, we are socially trained to be skeptical, demanding that people prove to us their own ability. Yeah. The fact that they can be trusted. Yeah, I, I, you may feel that someone has to prove that ability before any trust can be given to them. And so there's this, there's this kind of demand, this place. And Sharon and, and I, over the years of ministry, have, have sat in any number of conversations with people who found themselves in disagreement with somebody else. Sometimes it's a husband and wife. Sometimes it's people within a um, just who were friends who are now no longer. <laughs> it's just these kind of, it's very, and this is how the conversation always goes. Well, when this happened, this is what they should have done, and they, they give a long list of actions that should have been done, as if it, they were reading some something written by the council. You know, <laughs> list of things that council say you have to do, like. I remember in, when our kids were in primary school, and, and actually it was when Boaz was in primary school before we moved, uh, uh, moved out of Aberdeen in, in the primary school that Boaz is in, they decided that, that whis, uh, whistles were offensive to children. <laughs> I kid you not, whistles are offensive. They can harm your psychological upbringing of your children. Wow. They will be devastated if you blow a whistle. It will hurt them. Their lives will be broken forever. They'll be weeping on the floor. You can't whistle. If you need a child's attention, you lift your hand in the air. And you hope, by the end of the day, they've seen you. That that was, somebody wrote that down. And it's by these kind of standards that suddenly people create these incredibly unrealistic expectations of, of how someone should have behaved toward them as if they're so fantastically perfect. It's not that anyone knew that standard until after it came out. It's like, it's like people always bring out the standard that should be raised after the event, but nobody ever knew it beforehand. If they had known, they might never have been your friend. <laughs> and so people create these standards And yet the Bible says everyone's declaring their own goodness. But who can find a faithful man? Here's the thing. That when trust is birthed, you have to have faith in something. When trust, you see, trust has to be birthed in faith of something. So when someone has faith, you can trust them because that's the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom is established on faith in Jesus Christ by which no other standard. That is the standard, faith in Jesus Christ. That's the church. It's by which every believer across the face of the globe, by whatever tradition they have created to Reveal their heart and faith in God, and people. We we all. I mean, we all do strange. Some people come to our church and think it's strange. We look at them and go, "It's not strange. You must be strange." (laughs) This isn't strange, this is normal. Normal people do this. I don't know what you do, what you do can't be normal. <laughs> but the reality is, we all find a way of worshipping Jesus Christ and the church across the globe has found some extraordinary ways of declaring faith in Jesus Christ, but the standard is faith in Jesus Christ. That's what makes the church. That's what makes us in heaven we will find the standard. Until then, we create our own. <laughs> But in t- up to that point, the church is the body of Jesus Christ. It is th- with the standard of faith. We stand upon the rock of faith in. In that faith comes trust. Yes. And it comes because we're part of a family. Now, family trust works on completely different values. You see... Um, Jono and Hannah just, they got married, as you know, uh, uh, two weeks ago or so. And, uh, it's been a long time, hasn't it? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> survived so far. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well done. And, uh, <laughs> so, so we had the family up again. Uh, for They came up last year for Heidi and Chaz, and this year for, for John, Noe, and Hannah. And, and it's just been great having the family together. And here's the thing, when, when the family comes to mind, the Upton family, as you know, is a big family, uh, and big families create their own kind of weather system. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, they they have their own culture. They have their own. It's just big families. They do this thing, and and so the Upton family down south is known as the Upton clan. A lot of people don't who who are not Uptons. They they call them. Oh, here comes the Upton clan, and and there's a culture around. And Upton being an Upton is a, is a thing. Uh, down south, I mean, up here it's not so much so, but but we're establishing it. But. <laughs> But down south, it's a, it's a thing, and, and so within the Upton family, the, the Upton thing, is, it's, it's a conversation, so we, you, we could be apart from years, for years, and when we come back together again, the conversation just picked up straight where it was left off from that. It could be two or three years ago, and it's the same jokes, it's the same teasing, it's the same story. That's, that's family, isn't it? Yeah. That's what family, it doesn't matter how big or small your your family is, that's exactly how your family operates. There's this this flow of conversation and and you're all operating according to that, that point of relationship. But here's the thing about family. Family believes in the best of you despite the fact they know the worst. They believe in the best of you. Only they, they above all else, know the worst of you. They have experienced it at a high level. We we hold ourselves together, our behavior level is held on certain. Categories. When we're in church, we have a certain behavior. The more comfortable more people feel, the more they let their guard down. Sometimes the more badly behaved they are. And so, and so people have this. When you're at work, there's a certain level of, I don't want to lose my job. So perhaps you're a little bit more well behaved. But when it comes to family, you can do what you like, right? You can, you can just cut loose and, and have a tantrum and bleh, hit it all out. And because it's family, they, it's family. They can't do anything about it. You can't stop being family. You still are. And so there's this, this experience. So family see the worst of you, and yet family... Believe in the best of you. There's always the hope. There's always the expectation. Here, the kingdom of God is a cry. The kingdom of God comes out and says, A faithful man is hard to find. Who is a faithful man? A faithful man is a man who knows the worst of you but believes in the best of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right. That's called trust. Yeah. That's how trust operates in the house of God. Because here's the thing when we do life together, as we do life together, the thing we find out about each other, as much as our skills and giftings, the things that will surprise us the most, is not the great things we can do, it's the terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, whoa, I never saw that one coming. Well, yeah, kind of, that's the thing about all of us. We've, we have our moments, yeah. don't we? Yeah. But trust... Is a standard which operates in the kingdom of God. A faithful man is hard to find. Why? Because a faithful man is a man born into the kingdom kingdom by kingdom values. And kingdom values believes in the best. Expects the best. And brings out the best. Here's Jonathan's armor bearer. Jonathan is making a statement. He hasn't done anything. It's a faith statement. A lot of people can make faith statements but have not do anything. It was the armour bearer's trust that brought out Jonathan's best. Wow. Jonathan is remembered as the man who went, not, I'm not sitting under a pomegranate tree. I'm going to go, God can save by many or by few. He's the man who said that, but but he was only able to do that because a man trusted in him. It is critically important that we understand that we have to know that faith is okay being a man of faith, right? But we need people who can constantly... Push the boundaries of trust and believe again in the best, knowing that each other's faith, each other's faith will only exceed if we can trust in each other. Now, when I started climbing, Andrew trusted me. He hadn't climbed. He trusted me. (laughs) had no idea I just I saw a guy climbing and went I can do that now as it happened I couldn't but (laughs) I thought I could and I gave it a go and I figured with enough ropes what's the worst could happen well it hurts let me tell you that's the worst can happen (laughs) it hurts a lot but he trusted me and then there came a turn as Andrew pushed in and his skill set and his natural ability began to exceed my physical ability. And his, just his height and, his, uh, and the intensity by which he, he, did, he does everything just meant that he was going to be the winner on the climbing wall. And that was just the way it was going to be. And so his, when he started pushing the boundaries way beyond our, my natural inclinations as to what a smart thing to do is, I had to learn to turn from a being a man of faith to a man of trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, sometimes you're the man of faith and sometimes you're the man of trust. Yeah. Yeah. But in every situation, we are walking together, making it happen in each other. It says in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 4, Paul is having this problem um, where he's constantly... Having to justify who he is in his calling, in his office, his integrity, his apostolic ministry. But he sums it up here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4. He says this. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. See, see, Paul sets the standard of trust. He's saying, look. You can say whatever you like about me and I can say whatever I like about how we've operated with integrity and all these kind of things. But I need you to trust me because God trusts me. God entrusted me. That means God trusts me. Now, Paul is a man of as much weakness and failure as you and I. He is emotionally sensitive to rejection. He is a perfectionist. He struggles when people don't do exactly what he tells them to do. You can see it through the Bible. He is a man. But he says, God trusted me. Trust me. You see, Paul needed men who would trust him for them to build the kingdom of God. Here's the deal. God trusts you. And if God trusts you, then we have to trust you. And so here's the thing. When a person rise up in faith, if as in their faith, God has entrusted upon them a statement of faith, in which they need people of trust to have faith in them as they believe in God. Yes. That's how the kingdom of God works. Yes. And so I want to dare you this morning. I want to dare you to trust I want you to trust again in a family that you know too well. I want you to trust again in the name that makes the family. You see, my family has a name, but we are in a family that has the name. And the name is what makes the family the family. I'm a Christian well that changes everything in the Highlands which clan you belong to had meaning who you were Were McDonald's Campbell what were you had meaning well we're a Christian because we have Christ's name we believe in him we're in his family well, that means I have his DNA. That means I, I behave like him. Well, that means that my brothers and sisters believe in me because I'm part of their family. And that means that I believe in you because you're you're part of my family. It means that when we mess up, I come back and I believe in you again. And, and when I mess up, you come back and you believe in me again. But trust It's not something that we earn. It's something that we give. Something that we give. Let's trust in the calling that makes this family unique. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.